I was uh, at the new campus this week, and I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, but we got to uh, unpack 651 new chairs. It was... Some people might get more excited about other, that than others, you know, and that's okay. I feel you. You know, you get excited about something that you've been part of. Matt and Rose, you were there when the money came in for that. It came, how fast did the money come in for those chairs at that auction, Matt and Rose? Pretty, pretty it was like $24,000, $26,000. And then just to see the, the truck pull in and unload that this week, it's, they're sick. Listen, these chairs are uncomfortable compared to those. And why? Because when we get over there, I get to preach longer and you get to listen. Uh, you should, if you haven't done this yet, I just want to encourage you. It's a huge blessing. You've done such a wonderful job filling the CCB cards out. We have hundreds and hundreds of them. And uh, two things. If you haven't filled out a CCB card, it's so that we can update everyone's da data. Emails, texts, we want to be able to communicate to you, send an email out to you, send a text out to you. If you're here today and you haven't filled out a CCB card, would you do that? You mind just raising your hand real quick and we're going to run it to you if you haven't filled one out. God bless you. Thank you for doing that. We're, we, we, we know that about 30% of the church is gone every weekend. And then we know the church is growing and new people are here constantly. So thank you for doing that. There's a basket out front for you to drop that in as you leave. Make sure you do that. Is there anybody here that's professional at like putting data in that you'd like to like? That you, that's just a passion of yours <laughs> to set and just, you do? Would you tell Don that, Pastor Don? We need people to Amen. just like, the, probably the end of the world would come before I got through them all. But thank you for doing that. Thank you. I'm a picker and a plucker, pretty much. I'm a fast picker and plucker. I've been doing it for a long time. But I'm still pretty much a picker and a plucker. You version, if you got your phone right now, just go to your app. You'll see it up here. That's what the app looks like. You open up the Bible app. You select more. I was, saying the, I was saying something different, but on my phone it actually says more. You hit that. Then you select live. And then you'll see, uh, on mine it says Heart of the City Church. It pops up. Or either put in 83814, the zip code, it'll pop up. Our notes will be right there verses, different verses, and you can instill your notes right into that uh, this morning. Amen? Amen. This, is a very, this is a very special, special morning, um, and I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to dive into the Word, and then some of you, you're probably ready for it, some of you probably aren't, that's just the way it is, and uh, by the end of the service, I hope that you are ready for it. It's a very, very special day where we receive our thanks giving offering. Why do you say it that way? Well, you can just go, oh, it's Thanksgiving. But think about it for a minute. Thanks and giving. Those two things, I think, are beautiful attributes of God Amen. that we should operate in. Amen? So just, just pray with me as we open up God's word this morning. Father, we thank you for a beautiful, beautiful weekend. Father, we thank you that you didn't blow us away this week. 
Father, I just thank you for a beautiful church, families, individuals, healing that's taken place. The Holy Spirit is moving here. We feel your presence. We say, Holy Spirit, have your way even this morning in this place. Do all that you do. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. I want to give a little history, if I can, a little tradition of what we do. We have a tradition here that we established back in 2011. The first year, we didn't call it Thanksgiving offering. We called it uh, one day pay, don't look away. How many of you remember that back in 2011? Some of you remember one day pay, don't look away. I slipped in here. I dressed pretty much as homeless as I possibly could, and I slipped in. I had a big old old English can in the back. I had a beard on, long hair, and uh, I slipped in the back back there. And uh, only a few people knew who I was. I sat beside, stood beside one of our guys over here. I slipped in beside him, and he, he did this, something like this. He did <laughs> something like that. And um, I got up and preached that way. They put that in the UGM magazine the following month. And I did that for a reason, because the first year we did that, what we call Thanksgiving offering was uh, for UGM. And we did that as they were building their new facility. And that has created an amazing relationship with us and UGM. I absolutely love them. Uh, their, their director goes to church here. Um, I'm good friends with Phil, the director over this, this whole region. And it's just done a wonderful thing. And we've received two different offerings for UGM. Let me give you a little bit. Of, I'll just go through the history real quick. In 2011, just, just think about this for a moment, Heart of the City Church. 2011, you gave $17,299.55 to UGM that first year of one-day pay. We've challenged everyone, whatever you make in a day, if you make a dollar, you give it. If you make a 1000 you give it. And that day, you gave over $17,000 for UGM. The next year, it was such a wonderful thing, such a wonderful thing that we gave to UGM again. And by this time, I think we, were, we began calling it the Thanksgiving offering. That year, now just think about this. Church in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, that year you gave $12,766.70 to UGM. So we continued. The next year, 2013, decided, you know what? We're going to give a Thanksgiving offering to Boys and Girls Club. That year, you gave $8,402.07 to Boys and Girls Club. Last year, we continued with Thanksgiving offering, 2014. We decided, you know, part of our vision here is near and far, 2020. I'll hit that a little bit more in just a moment. But last year, we gave near was... Um, Good, Good Samaritan, the altar, Pastor Tim, and uh, Harvest Evangelism in Mexico. And last year you gave $17,687.66. We split those two 
uh, to go to each ministry, $8,843.83. I remember handing that check to Pastor Tim over at the altar, and he's like, J.O., man. What I think that he said is kind of like, you know, something like he, he didn't remember anybody ever doing something like this before. You know, a lot of people have given to there, but, you know, as a church or what have you. And so I want to let you know that the grand total, just look at me for a minute. Just look at me. The grand total that you've given, 11, 12, 13, and 14, this church, 100% going out of this building, you've given $56,155.98. Now just, just, just think about that for a moment. What you've given, you've blessed. We have a simple philosophy here. We believe in tithing. Absolutely. We believe in giving offerings. We believe it's better to give than it is to receive. And we believe we give because we love. We, we give because we love. If I say that I love my wife, I'm going to give her. I'm going to give her affection. I'm going to buy her gifts. I'm going to take her on dates. Because I love her. Amen? Children, the church, the lost, missions, the countries, the, you name it. We, we, we're all about people here. Everyone say people. P-E-O-P-L-E. -E. We're about people. And so today, I'll tell you with my eyes wide open that this is what we're doing because this is what we do. Is that we're giving today, listen, to orphans. And you've seen the video from last week. You've seen the video this morning. Uh, man, I tell you what, I was fighting tears on the front row because I know those kids. Hondon, 32 kids. Some of the best behaved kids I've ever seen in my life. This couple is like a mom and dad to 32 kids. Listen to me, listen to me. You know, some people will freak out in America if they have two kids. They have 32 kids that are so amazingly behaved, so crazy thankful. You pull up in the van, some of them are meeting you out at the gate. You go in, my goodness, we brought in pizza and all kinds of stuff, and they, just, they perfectly set up the tables. And I mean, it's amazing. You wouldn't believe what this couple has been through. I mean... Left, left for dead. Uh, it's amazing the attacks that they've been through. Honduras per capita is like the highest murder rate in the world. Don and Debbie's moving there, planting a church there. How do you say it? What's the name of the church? You get that? You know what that means? Heart of the city church. I, I, I just want all of our church planters to go to warm climates. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, right? I love you, but I don't want you to plant a church into the Antarctic. Come on. No, you, you got to go wherever God tells you to go. But this year, you know, one of our philosophies is 2020. If you're new, you need to know our philosophies. Sometimes I just got to have family meetings like this somewhat. 2020 is we want to reach people 
near and far. 2020 vision, near and far. We want to touch our city in Kootenai County, but we want to touch the world out of this place right here. And I know that we can do that. That's the breed, that's the breed of this church. We are radical Jesus freaks that we're going to reach those that don't know Jesus Christ near and far. And so we're going to reach the orphans. We're going to, we're going to touch the orphans locally right there. You saw the video last week if you wasn't here. We're going to touch the orphans in Honduras. We want to reach near and far. It, the money has been used, come on, in, in those who are hurting, those who are less fortunate, the poor, the vulnerable, those that can't at times help themselves. That's what the church is about, you guys. That might be you today. Well, guess what? We want to help you too. Why orphans this year? Well, what I'd like to do is read scriptures and just kind of share a bit. The Bible talks a whole lot about orphans and widows and foreigners and how God wants to take his heart. God loves everyone, right? He loves you. And yet, there's special areas that he wants us to focus on. And I believe that orphans is one of those. Can I just read scripture? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today? You know, I heard last night that Craig did a phenomenal job. My phone blew up. Thank you for preaching. I told him, I says, Craig, you're, bro, you're preaching for orphans this weekend. If it offends somebody, I don't even care. Because it's not me offending, it's God. Because I'm just going to share what's in his word. His heart towards the less fortunate, the poor, the hurting, and the orphans. Can I, can I just read and start going through scripture? James 1.27 says this, pure and undefiled religion. Pure and undefiled religion. Before God the Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. I, I love the New Living Translation too. Listen to what it says. Pure and genuine religion. I like that right there. Pure and genuine. Come on, somebody. Genuine. Gen we're the genuine church, the real deal. Come on. Keep it real. Come on, tell your neighbor right now. Keep it real. The pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. And if you, that's powerful scripture. I mean, that's, that's one scripture out of the New Testament. But if you was to take that scripture and look at it in that setting, in the word of God, out of the scriptures that I just pulled that out of, out of James chapter 1. Let's back up just a few scriptures and see the content that James is speaking of when it comes uh, to the orphans. Now, let me just read some scripture. Holy Spirit, have your way now. Listen to what it says. Back up to verses 21 through 25. And then we break over into the challenge about orphans and widows. He says this, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, 
which is able to save your soul. How many of you know that the word of God is so important that it's implanted in your guts, in your bones, in the marrow of your bones deep inside? You need to get the word inside of you. You get word inside of you. The world's going to get outside of you. I mean, it'll change your life. You got to stay not just on Sundays. Come on. I'm on a a little rabbit trail right now, but you need to be in the word on a daily basis. Getting that in your way deep down in the marrow of your bones. Come on. Right way down the word of God implanted inside of you. And it goes on to say, but be doers of the word. Everyone say doers. Doers of the word. Not hearers only. Huh? Deceiving yourself. For anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer. He's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. That's crazy. That's crazy. I walk away from the mirror, and for some reason I think that I got long hair. That's crazy. That's fantasy. I don't have hair like Daniel. You know what I'm saying? It goes on to say, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. But he who looks to the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Look, 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 look. Don't, Don't leave this out. This one will be blessed in what he if you want to be blessed oh there's all kinds of faith in the bible dead faith is one of them you can live a deceived faith or you can live a living faith i'm talking about a living faith those that never step out of the boat and put the word of god into action in their life i i just feel sorry for them You're not living to the fullness of what God has for you. He wants us to, come on, be doers of the word, not hearers only. You will be blessed. The one that is a doer will be blessed in all that he does. And then it goes on to say just what I read a while ago, taking care of orphans and widows in times of trouble. Let's go back to the Old Testament. Let's see what the Old Testament says a little bit. The Mosaic Law, right? Uh, after G- Moses chiseled out, out of stone, the law that God was going to write on, the Ten Commandments, if you, right in the same chapter as he chisels it out, he, this is written in Deuteronomy. It says in Deuteronomy 10, 17, and 18, for the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. How many of you know that today? There's only one God. Come on. We serve him. Hallelujah. Jesus. He is the great God, the mighty and the awesome God. Oh, that's so good. Who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. Look, look, look. He ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you and gives food, uh, gives them food and clothing. He, I want you to see that right there. He ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. God has a special place in his heart for this type. Deuteronomy 27, 19. Cursed is anyone who denies justice to foreigners, orphans, or widows, and all the people replied, amen. Woo-hoo. Psalm 7. Can I just read the word? Just, are you going with me this morning? Yeah. 
Can you just let the word just get it? Man, the Holy Spirit just breathe upon his word this morning. Help him, it says in 72, 4, Psalms, help him to defend the poor, to rescue the children of the needy, and to crush their oppressors. Isaiah 117, learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans. Are you feeling that today? Fight for the rights of widows. Defend the cause of an orphan. God has a special heart. He has a special place in his heart for those that can't take care of themselves. That we be a voice. That we go to battle for them. That we help them. That we bless them. John Corcoran's been in the church many, many years. John, I mean, he's one of my go-to guys. Matter of fact, my two go-to guys is right here in the church right now. And they're right in front of, back and forth of each other. John Corcoran and, and uh, Rob uh, right there. Just the, wave at me real quick. Rob Elder. And, why do they go, my, my go-to guys? They just know everybody. <laughs> Rob, I need a stage. Oh, okay, no problem. John, yeah, need an apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they just know everybody. They just, they, 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 they just know everybody. And John has worked with elder help for how long now, John? Ten years. Another aspect of those who are less fortunate at times. Not all elderly people are less fortunate, but, but there's a lot. They've given out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cords of wood and, and ramps to help them and so forth and so on. I mean, what a, I just get excited about Heart of the City Church. I know the people who sits here, and a lot of you don't know everybody, but it's so Wonderful to see what God has done. Listen to this, Code Red. Code, y'all with me this morning? I'm super crazy excited about this. I just absolutely believe it's better to give than it is to receive. <laughs> I do. Listen to Code Red. Code Red. Listen, listen, listen to what Jesus says. Matthew, turn with me to Matthew. Some of this I don't put on the sky Bible. You got to do a little work. Get in your own Bible. Find it. Where's Matthew at? Go to Matthew. Matthew 25. You there? Smile at me if you're there. Good, good, good. Here we go. Matthew 25, 31 through 40. Here we go. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will set upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. That's going to happen. How do you know that? He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who blessed by the Father, inherit the kingdom before uh, you were from the creation of the world. For I was hungry. Look, 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 this, look at this right here. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me. I wonder what that means in the Greek. I was hungry and you fed me. We probably need to look that up in the Greek today. You think that in the Greek that actually means that we would feed somebody? What, what, what's that mean in the Greek? I was thirsty and you gave me. Something to drink. I wonder if that's just, we should give somebody something to drink. Boy, that's a big, deep theological Greek. Uh, come on, somebody. 
Come on, somebody. I don't think it's just, oh, I have a heart to give you something to drink. I'm drinking my gator right now, but my heart's with you right there as you don't have something to drink. But I got the right heart motive. My heart's with you. Come on. I think it's just doing something. Come on, we just pull, put our Nike shoes on and our Nike hat and our Nike t-shirt and our Nike pants and whatever Nike you got and just do it. Come on, somebody. Nike it. That's a Greek word for you right there. Nike. You know that's Greek? That's Greek right there. Nike. Isn't it? Maybe you find out, let me know. For I was hungry and you fed me. I don't think I need to dive into the Greek to, feel, to see what that means. Come on. Come on, Father's Market. Every Thursday, feeding, clothing. I don't think I need to dive in and discuss what that means. I think it means what it means. With the Word of God, you first of all, when you read the Word of God, you just take it for what it is right there. Don't get all theological and religious on me and got to do some kind of Bible study. Forget the Bible study. Get out and do something. Oh, J.O., you tell us not to study the Bible. Yeah, study the Bible, but then put it in action. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick. You cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And they're tripping out. They're like, whoa, Jesus. When were you naked? When were you in prison? When? Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing. When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to the, one of these least of these, that's the name of my title of the sermon today. The least of these. When you do it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Ooh, Jesus, Holy Ghost. I believe today we have, from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, we can give an offering that's going to feed orphans. You may not be able to go to Honduras. You may never go. But you can still impact them in Honduras, and you can impact them right here in our town. You can give them something to drink. Clothing. Help the sick. Orphan is far and near, right here. Those leaders have been attacked. They've been beaten. They had a noose wrapped around their neck. They've been, I think, shot at. They tried to get the place burnt down. They have been faced with adversity. And you know what? In Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, we can help them. We can bring relief to them and we can bless them. Let me finish that scripture. And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to the one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. I know I said that. Let me just say it again. You were doing it to me. What are orphans? Orphans are, I looked it up, a child whose parents are dead. 
You know, I was an orphan. My parents were killed when I was eight years old. My mom and dad were pastors. They, on a Sunday evening, was leaving a pastor's conference. They had their associate pastors in the back of their car. And somebody in a, my dad had just bought a 1973 brown Pinto. How many of y'all remember Pintos? Crazy brown Pinto. I better not say it in church. Crazy brown Pinto. He was excited about that Pinto. And somebody fell asleep in a Cadillac and hit them head on. Killed everybody in the car. Left me and my sister. I have two older siblings, two brothers that wasn't living with us. They're uh, 13, 12, 13 years older than us. Me and my sister was living with my mom and dad. And in the back seat, another couple, the associate pastors of the church, and it left five orphans with them. There's something about being an orphan. I was really blessed. My grandmother and granddaddy came and picked up me and my sister. We had a crazy funeral. And I say crazy just because... I was in such pain in Ohio, and then we got in the car and drove to South Carolina, had another funeral. They had a closed casket, and, you know, I, I would trip out. I would think that I would see my parents at times, and I thought, what, what's happening here? You, you, you told me my parents was dead, and, and then at times I thought, Man, I have nothing left. I remember one time I found my dad's, you know, those clipped-on things that you put on glasses? And I found them on my dad's, and I hit them. I felt like everything had been taken away from me. I hit those because I was like, man, you're not taking these. Went through a lot. I'm not here to complain about myself, man. I'm a blessed man. I'm just telling you, the weird things that maybe orphans go through of wondering why I was still alive. My sister got killed when I was 17 and kind of feeling like, man, I'm, what, why am I here? Well, I know why I'm here now. But my point here is that I was tremendously blessed to have grandparents to take me into their home. But all orphans don't have that, that um, it, it doesn't happen with all orphans. Sometimes there's no grandparents. These kids in Honduras, I just wish you could spend five minutes with them. Oh my goodness. There's something else. Maybe some of you will one day go visit Don. And we're going to continue to help these orphans along the way. You know, this, some of this money that you give today may be helping them rebuild a new building or electric or something. All kinds of things. Man, we're going to take care of people. But I'm just saying this today, you know, that orphans, they go through different stuff. I was wondering, now, is now my, is now my grandparents my parents? You know, I was kind of excited about that, but kind of weird about it. And then my uncle, I was like, you, my uncle, now you're my brother. And it was wonderful. And he's close to me. And it, it was kind of like that. When it comes down to it, you guys, if you're here today and you're a believer, 
You're adopted. <laughs> Did you know that? If you're a believer in Jesus, you're adopted today. Okay, we're all a little bit weird, right? <laughs> but there's something about something happened to your parents, maybe one of your parents, maybe you're a single mom, raised a single mom, what have you. Listen to uh, Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God just has a place for the, the unfortunate and the hurting and the poor and the orphans. And I, I just want to, I, I don't want to even just talk about orphans today. I just want to talk about, can we say this with me? Say this with me, less fortunate. Listen to this. Paul speaks of receiving an offering for the poor. I mean, he is, just like I've tried to, you know, to the best of my ability to get you ready to give to the poor, he did the same thing. Look what it says in Romans 15, 26. For you see the, the believers in Macedonia and Achaia have eagerly taken up an offering, what? For the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. Psalm speaks of God's heart towards the poor. Psalms 113, verse 7. He lifts up the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. Come on, that's God's heart. Can you feel me today? Listen to Psalm 72, 12 through 14. He rescue, he will rescue the poor when they cry to him. He will help the oppressed who have no one to defend them. He feels pity for the weak and the needy, and he will rescue them. He will redeem from the oppression and a violence for their lives, look, are precious. To him. The Lord sustains those who consider the poor. You ready for this? This is for you. Listen to this. Blessed is he who considers the poor. Well, I wonder what the Hebrew is for that. <laughs> Blessed is he who considers poor. Well, let's, let's dive into a theological debate of wonder what that means. What if it just means blessed is he who considers the poor? I believe that's what it means. The Lord will deliver him. Listen, look what's going to happen to you if you consider the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. J.O., I'm never in trouble. We'll, we'll see. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will sustain, come on. The Lord will strengthen him on the bed of his illness. You will sustain him on his sick bed. Who's that for? Uh, let's, let's look in the Hebrew for a minute. It's for those who will consider the poor today? <laughs> ah, I'm almost done. Luke 14, 12, 14. Then he turned to the host, just once again talking about the poor. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends. What? what? That's all I usually commonly mostly do. Brothers, Relatives, rich neighbors, for they will invite you back. They, and that will be your only reward. Hey, you take me to lunch. 
I'll take you to lunch and we'll just kind of take turns taking each other to lunch. He says, don't do that. Instead, invite the poor. Uh-oh, better look up the crip. Go ahead and look up the Greek right there. Invite the poor. Really? The crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteousness, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay. You know, one year, and if I get my blessing stolen, just for an example, Lord, you weigh it out. One year after me and Raiden got married, I just said, honey, we ain't doing Thanksgiving like we always do Thanksgiving. We got up, and forgive me if I get these two days. I think one was a Thanksgiving and one was a Christmas, and I had killed a deer. And if that offends you, I don't. Really, it's food. And we just did a big barbecue out. We lived on the city square of Eureka, and we just started cooking Thanksgiving Day. Before you know it, there was probably 200 people out there standing in line to get some protein. Come on. You know what? I don't remember most Thanksgivings in my life, but I remember that one. So the next year, it's like, hey, we're not going to do Christmas like we always do. And, and you know what? I'm 50 years old now, and I can't remember if it was the same year or the next year. But what matters is this, is we're not going to do Christmas like we normally do. Went out on the city square, started cooking again. Man, people in the church started bringing pies and gifts. And, you know, I think each time there was 100, 200, maybe more people there just getting some food. Come on. It wasn't a big banquet. It wasn't. I think someday maybe we should do a banquet here. I'm talking about a sick banquet. Lobster. Filets. Come on. We bring in gifts. And then we bring in the poorest of poor. Maybe, maybe Rob will lead the charge on it with the Father's Market. And we just, you come in there and just give them gifts and, and just blow them away. I wonder if, I, I just wonder, you know, God kind of treats me that way. Hmm. You know what? These orphans will not pay you back. You'll never get paid back by these orphans probably. But I know one who will. <laughs> I know one who will. If you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord. And he will repay you. Let me finish with these scriptures. Isaiah 32, 8. But the generous people plan to do what is generous. And they stand firm in their generosity. Psalms 37, 21. The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. We give because we love. And we love who God loves. We're all about people. Amen.